I'll, I'll, I'll take up my position beside the pipe. Uh, and remember, get up in the mic because listeners are having difficulty yeah. hearing us. We are oh. as loud as oh. we can. I will can you hear us, listeners? Or rather, hello, listeners. Did you miss us? Um, yes, so. What, slightly. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah. we're going to talk about this hour is we're going to talk about the question. Again, you guys may know we co host a movie podcast. Do we? Um, what? Yeah, I know. Get out. I know, right? Um, and on that podcast, there comes a point where we hit a spoiler zone, where we're like, okay, everything that you've heard up until this point of the podcast... I've been a bit broad. to avoid spoilers up until hour 10, I'd be very impressed. Uh, no, no, we absolutely yeah. haven't. <laughs> you were on just talking about episode 8. Yeah, that's uh, fair. But, like, sort of structurally, we thought that there's a point where we get over it and we ask our guests... What the thing is about for them Now we've been cheating <laughs> Jay is already Jay is Digging into cherry pie And it's the most glorious yeah. like the most I'm left handed So face, This is yeah. Jesus This is going to be a um, Again from the, the Camerino Bakery Thank you so much well, for all no, this Jay that's the Log Lady special And like I, most things With the Log Lady It's never going to be easy Is there some I, I realise You're not having a plate You had a plate Both all right, perfect. Um, but yeah, so what we normally do is we reach a point in the podcast where we talk about the film in or a bit more depth. Now, this is, you know, whether it's a film or a TV show, we're going to yeah. do that now, which is we ask our guests what the thing is about for them. And the question with Twin Peaks and particularly with maybe the work of Lynch in general is the question of whether or not there's anything that it is definitively about, whether it's all in the eye of the beholder, whether there's like a clear logical answer to any of it and whether it really sort of matters. Um, and by the way, I like that our listeners, uh, Kurt has suggested good luck with this. Um, uh, yeah, like I can see what yeah. you're uh, what you're saying about uh, this getting a bit looser now. So like, I mean, this I is just basically this. any excuse where we're just going to be... Um, we could say whatever we want, really. It could be absolute rubbish. My excuse is I am still a bit jet-lagged. Um, yes. Uh, I have no excuse uh, whatsoever, but I'll, I'll keep winging it. Yeah. yeah. But, like, to get to the question, right, do we think that there's... Like, so if I were to ask you, right, and this is something that's come up repeatedly, and we had this conversation with Andrew, where Andrew said somebody told him what happened in Twin Peaks, The Return, and, and he was not. like, somehow it didn't spoil it no. for you. Um, can you? Like, if it was I, a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, it, it didn't matter. How would you um how would you summarize Twin Peaks? Like can you summarize Twin Peaks? <laughs> Is there a right interpretation I, I, of Twin I, Peaks? I think that's my response to that really, isn't it? I mean That's interesting though, because like is there a unifying unifying theme to it? Why is there a theme? There's lots of themes about it. Um, For me, like as you were kind of talking about um the idea of what Twin Peaks is about and whatever and is that the kind of question you're asking specifically now or no, but I'm more asking just generally, like, does stuff have to make sense? Like, so, like, no, like, I mean, no. like, I mean, is that the great thing about Twin Peaks is that it doesn't make sense? Because, again, we're talking about this for 18 hours. I'll say okay. one. I will say this. You say is the great thing about Twin Peaks that it doesn't make sense. I don't. It makes sense. It makes as much sense as you want it to. I mean, my. OK, I feel like I've kind of horned in and taken over this, but hell with it. I'm no, here go now. for it. Right. My feeling on. The nice American pun, dream. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> horned in. Horned in. Uh-huh. Jerry, horned in. Uh-huh. Oh, see, where's he dokes and dokes and dokes and lambs and ivy. wouldn't you? Phil also brought back culinary delights from his travels around the world. Uh, well, I was only in like two countries, but yeah. Um, again, hence the jet lag. So I'm already singing. But um, as far as... like. I nearly mentioned a word that I think should be dread to anybody involved in or who is a fan of Twin Peaks. I nearly said logic. And, like, logic isn't its bag, but I don't... I... Well, okay, let me let me put it another way, because it looks like you're about to take, um, take umbrage no, with that no, particular no, point. Just... And I wouldn't blame you, because things in Twin Peaks, as far as a linear narrative goes, do make sense. It's just... Yeah. You can... Uh, how shall I put this? Okay. When I was thinking about the return today, I'm just going over it, because as you can see, I've taken voluminous amount of notes and rewatched every episode three times over, if only. Um, you can follow the events <coughs> and where they go, but the fact that you can ju- doesn't necessarily impact... Whether you can or you can't, that shouldn't necessarily impact on your experience of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like, I was reading over, like, uh, plot summaries today. Like, just the Wikipedia summaries. <laughs> How do those work? I don't know. Because could I remember any of the characters' names? Like, the secondary ones, some of the newer ones? No. Could I remember what exactly... What about Billy? Who? Yeah. I remember Wally. 
definitely <laughs> remember Wally. Wally's great. Wally has come up more I, than once. I, I, I did. I did. Uh, it's a remarkable tune in, I did tune in uh, briefly to uh, the episode you had with Charlene, and she's right. Wally's just. How on earth does he have happy memories of Twin Peaks? Of <laughs> because he thing. left. Um, yeah, well, there you it's go. an iconic uh, scene. Well, it's, it's incredible. It makes it makes absolutely no sense. And yet, if I had to believe that um, that uh, Andy and um, um, Lucy, that Andy and Lucy had to have a kid, I'm delighted he looks like Mar- like Michael Sarah doing a bad Brando impression. Am I the only person who 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 thought that every everybody is uh, convinced by how wholesome and lovely Willie Brando is, but secretly he <laughs> but has secretly a whole lot of like bodies in. Oh no, he's, the, he's the one who's running yard. drugs down. Like That's he, why Bobby can't figure I out. I was he convinced he, he was coming to kill, <laughs> and I thought uh, to to to. <laughs> He to come see- kill Doggy. I literally I mean, he's heard. He's not a good guy, I don't think. He, the- he could be more like Michael Sarah in This Is The End. A complete and unapologetic <laughs> asshole. I, I, I think. would be hilarious. After so many hours of watching part, uh, of, 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 Eating of pie. watching Twin Peaks, I, I genuinely had an auditory hallucination where the, <laughs> where the Mitchum brothers say, this is what I heard. Uh, what about Brando? And it's like, yeah, put Brando on him. <laughs> Were they referring to actual Brando? No, no, Wally, Wally Brando, Brando or the Mitchum Brothers Brando entirely. Yeah, I, 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 I cancel that hit on Ike the Spike was very from Wally clear. Brando. Yeah, it was, it was right after uh, Ike the Spike was, uh, and they were watching it on television, and they were like, uh, "What? Yeah, let's get Wally." Um, Jay, pass me a knife here. I need some of this pie. It is worth, like, in terms of not a joke. I, I know, I know. Genuinely but, losing my mind. But in terms, <laughs> in terms of like it making sense, there are some delightful quotes here from various people sort of uh, talking about like, and again, we've talked a lot about actors working with Lynch and taking direction from Lynch. And uh, there's like people saying like uh, Robert Forster, who played obviously um, oh, uh, the Sheriff second Sheriff Truman. Truman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, A lot of He's, people will know him from Jackie Brown. Yeah, and yes. he also worked with Lynch on Mulholland Drive as well. Like, yes. he gets a, he's, he's in the opening credits of that, and yet he's only in it for about, um, what, two lines? Yeah. It's probably like Paul Guilfoyle in LA Confidential, as you remember we discussed before. And also, like, also again, like we were watching Firewalk with me, and it's like David Bowie's in there, despite only having like thirty one li- seconds and yeah, one if, line. Yeah, if even or yeah. Yeah, but Darren, let's face it, you and I appreciate that at least. Yeah, I but think I- it's people with taste though want to be in Lynch uh, 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 work. productions. Yeah, yeah. This is what but- makes me wonder why he doesn't have more big names in his films, because this like there are actors who probably could benefit from just maybe taking a bit of a risk. So I just wonder why he doesn't get more of the money. Well, this is what we're talking about with Tarantino. Hey, Tom Cruise took his risk with P.T. Anderson. I'd love to see him in a Lynch film. Well, let's see Tom Cruise and take more risks like that. Yeah, but yeah, that principle is... It's the Tarantino thing where you sort of reinvent an actor. But I think that like Lynch tends to play with actors. He tends to use them as fully formed. Mm. I don't think... Collateral. And that was kind of so revelatory for a lot of people. It's a a rare thing for Cruise. But, you know, that's another example, certainly. But, like, when I think of... Sorry, Darren. Sorry, when I think of... when I think of people who have been in Lynch productions, like more recent ones, names that come to mind, like, okay, uh, let's see, of the last, say, of this of this century so far, okay, Naomi Watts doesn't kind of count because it launched her career, Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Jeremy Dan Irons, Dern in, goes back. Yeah. Dern has a long Dern goes back, yeah. I'm thinking Jeremy Irons in uh, Inland Empire, just because he'd never worked with uh, Lynch before. Who else? Oh, he made that Dior advert with uh, Marion Cotillard. But again, Cotillard's kind of very much within his wheelhouse. I mean, it's... Yeah. Bill Pullman. And he had the Monica Belushi dream True. again. But then again... Pullman is the only one I can think I was of. Yeah, but then again, that was the last big thing I can remember Pullman in. I was expecting something very different when he said, I had that Monica Bellucci dream again. Well, I mean, there's the... <laughs> there's the gra- <laughs> That's because it was not your dream, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> boys, boys. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, there's the great <laughs> quote from from Lynch when he was asked about that, and he was asked about he was asked about Monica Bellucci and why he thought that she was a good idea to come to him in the dream. The response was, "I mean, I can't think of many other people be more appealing to have dreams about, really." If that's you're thinking, tr- I think that's fair enough. Uh, but it's just my point is this: when I look back on the return, this is like the most star-studded thing he's done, and it's not just because of the volume of characters that are in it. Like he's got some very pointed. Big names, or like well, Amanda relevant. Seyfried, for example, Amanda is younger Seyfried. and hip. Exactly. Yes, that's true. Actually, um, yeah. I mean, uh, you have the I mean, between that and Khalid Landry Jones, yeah, oh, Jennifer Jason Lee, yep, 
Tim Roth, Tim Roth even, Tim Roth. who never worked with him before, but it still seems like he really should it have. Makes it makes sense. Is he... I feel like did somebody give him like Tarantino's phone book and just go, "Hey, you want a career reinvention? I can do it better than that guy." It's uh, it almost feels like a little bit of a hello. You to Tarantino in some ways by casting those tunes, like you know. I really didn't like the Hateful Eight, but I know how you feel about it, Darren. I so let's move on. Yes. Oh no, I, I agree. I I get the sense that there's a sense of Lynch, sort of like having, and again. You know, Tarantino has had not had nice words for Lynch in the past. Oh, I know. So he hated Fire Walk with me. So but, I suspect that there may be an element of that to it. But then but, again, it's I just find that ironic that for somebody like Lynch, who claims a certain amount of at least indifference towards popular culture and, or maybe more more precisely, a sense of relevance. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just find that odd that he, like, that might explain why he doesn't have more, like more bigger names in his work. Like, when they crop up, I'm delighted to see them. But it's just... I think, he, basically, Lynch is at a place where he could get whatever he wa- whoever he wanted. But um, I just don't know why he doesn't. Because I think a lot of actors would just love to be directed by him. Well, not least because, apparently, as you've discussed before, he seems like such a really nice guy. He is a really nice guy, but he's also not a very clear guy. Like, there's a lot of really great co- quotes from actors. No, I don't mean that disparity. No, I, no, I get He tends to it. communicate to his actors what they need to do. And I mean, the fact that he uses them so well suggests that the way that he talks to them gets the performances that he wants. The but like, there's, the pudding. there's a really good quote here from Robert Forster. And again, there's an interview with Michael Horst at Collider, where he, Michael Horst, where he talks about how Forster took a while to get it because Forster is a much more literal minded sort of performer. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no. But he's saying like, uh, you know, when he was asked about what it was like to work with Lynch, he's like, you know, the artist is putting your color into that creation for a reason. You don't know the reason. Just as a red dot of paint doesn't know why it's in a painting. But David Lynch knows it's there and that's why it's important. And there's a sense that I think that if you're an actor working in a Lynch film, you have to trust Lynch. You have to buy have into to what Lynch that's does, exactly. don't you? I think and that's more it. than his audience. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. And I think that there's a reason why he tends to keep actors around and why yeah. they tend to stick around. And even like if you look at the Twin Peaks actors who maybe necessarily haven't had the biggest careers outside, the way that they talk about Lynch is very much like they're very cognizant of what he is. Well, I think you see that with, with uh, the Coen brothers as well, like yeah. a kind of stable of actors that buy into their way of making films and the kind of absurdity yeah. they bring but to it and the stuff. The Coen Brothers actors tends to go tend to go a bit bigger though. I they mean like, do because but if they're the Coen Brothers are bigger that's in terms right. of they're like they're Oscar nominated they're yeah. broad appeal. Broad like bigger Robert budget. Forster got an Oscar nom uh, like we were saying earlier Jennifer Jason Lee, Tim Roth yeah, but yeah. they're they're still they're kind of character actors though aren't they? To yeah, a certain true. degree like it's like Dan Hedaya is in uh, Mulholland Drive it was great, right? And he's in Coen Brothers. So like, he'd even blitz he's also in God. Dick, the movie yeah. where the Watergate's yeah. called. Yeah. Oh, no, you just put me in mind of Dan Hedaya in yeah. Mulholland Drive. It's yeah. no longer your film. It's a great scene. Um, he freaks out. Him and Battle of Mentions yeah. together are terrifying, oh, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, there's yeah. a quote from like Sherlyn Finn where she's saying, like, understanding with David is overrated. Don't try to understand it. There's no one way to understand his work. However you interpret it, he would tell you that it, that's correct and mean it. It's not about his ego getting one thing across. It's about all of us being connected on a larger level. Um, I'm going to say something kind of dickish here, but uh, Sherlyn, that's sweet, but that still doesn't explain why you were in Boxing Helena. It really doesn't. Ouch. Do you remember Julian Sands? Sorry. Just not <laughs> I think, right, where, I think there's some where's this coming from? Boxing Alina. Boxing Alina is it's, terrible. I, I know yeah. it's terrible. So, but that's like, like, and also, yes. there's a personal connection there because it's his daughter that Jennifer Chambers Lynch. Helena Lynch. Uh, uh, I mean, she doesn't owe it to us to make good stuff all the time. She I'm can. sure she got paid. Like, Well, yeah, but I, I just feel bad because Sherlyn Fenn, uh, with the uh, exception of Twin Peaks, I don't actually remember her from much else. No. In fact, Boxing Alina might be one of the few things I do remember for outside of that. And I mean, that's mostly because the film is terrible and it has one of the worst endings I've ever seen. Is that I the can't one remember. with Charlie it Sheen? It was all a dream, Jay. Yeah. Is yeah. Charlie Sheen in that? No, her no, and Julian Sand. Charlie Sheen. I can't help but think that film would be Imagine a Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Sheen, Sheen in a David Lynch film. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be Hot Shots Part 3. Get Lynch to direct you. <laughs> <laughs> like Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, like again, and, and you have like Lynch shying away from interpretations of his work. He talks about how, you know, it's not a science lab. It's fun to think about these things, but uh, and I would encourage it. But there's like one so, moment where he's asked about like, um, like it seems, <laughs> question from interviewer. It seems, though, the world that you're presenting outside of Tim- Twin Peaks is a place gone bad due to the roaming spirit of this evil Cooper. What are we calling this character, by the way? I'm calling him Dirty Cooper. To which Lynch responds, I just call him Cooper's doppelganger. You're allowed to call him whatever you want. Um, and what if he doesn't care, does he? He yeah. really doesn't. But if Lynch doesn't care, 
Right. This Do is you ki- find it frustrating to be asked questions about Twin Peaks? Nothing bothers me about it. People want to know. I just can't tell them. Um, oh, what a... Pardon my French, but what a... F- Hello! King Tees. That's a great answer. I love Lynch I interviews. He's amazing. I, know. I really, really do. But we it's should like, just read quotes. One hour of this is just <laughs> going to be Darren reading quotes from David. But the and thing is, Jay but you doing might freeform be as well. jazz behind you. Yeah. You might be as well to do that, because what I'm about to say will sound particularly um, counter, uh, counterproductive, but if the man himself who's responsible for this is so reluctant to offer any kind of interpretation and the question we're asking here is does it have a single interpretation then surely the answer is no yeah that's it exactly okay let's move on next episode <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. thanks Phil that's, that's all <laughs> now, you, there's going to be music for the next 45 minutes yeah. thanks a <laughs> lot <laughs> run in Julie Cruz to perform in the background we're trying to drag things out <laughs> this is also this is very much like when we had uh, when we had Donald on talking about like Lynch's top 10 films it's like by the way The Return isn't on this list because it's not a film thanks Thank Donald, you, Donald. We, we also he's correct yeah. and also he's wrong about uh, I love Razorhead but Mulholland Drive is number one uh, yeah, Mulholland Drive is number one it is Mulholland, Mulholland Drive yeah. is number one in everything but I mean like there's something fascinating in this idea of Lynch embracing the death of the author and Lynch as an as an artist where you have to embrace the death no, of the author I know we do and I like a podcast about about a chart but there is no <laughs> such thing as the best Nolan movie Sorry, why do I keep saying Nolan? Why do you Nolan, Andrew? Yeah, well, Jesus. Yeah, That's Darren's role. Yeah. Wow, okay. It's good to know my book reached you, though. Um, <laughs> it, it certainly did. Sorry, but there's no such thing as the best uh, uh, Lynch, Lynch film. No, I know, and, and, and I think Donald was, was quite candid. That it was, <laughs> I think Donald was being quite candid in that he was being provocative and sort of like trying to sort of get a discussion going. And he kind of has, where we had this sort of like shouting match over it. Now, don't get me wrong. I think a Razorhead is, yeah, it's a masterpiece. Don't get me wrong. I adore it. But, you know. Lynch has made a, at least a few masterpieces. He so who are we it, to argue? He we said, said as well that four, any yeah. of the top four could, could easily four? be in any. They were a Razorhead. They were Razorhead, Mulholland Drive, The Elephant Man, and, and Blue in Blue Velvet. Yeah. I I'm going to bat for the straight story here because nobody ever bloody does, and I absolutely <laughs> adore it. And I'm going to go to bat for Inland Empire because it's the most Lynchian. Lynchian. That was five, yeah. I'm going to go for that as the most Lynchian thing ever. Well, that was very much it was set up I'm for. for me. And uh, and also Laura Jones' performance in Inland Empire is one of the greatest oh my God. ever I, seen. There's nobody else like Dune. I've never seen. I've it. never actually seen Dune. I, hate, I will I'm watch it. I, I've had okay. it on. I've had it on DVD for the longest time. I've never actually got around to watch it. It, it might be the size of Sting in his pants. Now, I don't to know. be fair, Inland Empire would probably rank as my lowest Lynch if we're doing. If we're actually doing. It, to be fair, it's um, highly inaccessible. And to, yeah, that's it. So that's part fair. of the fun. And I mean, and again, it took like me the two goes around to 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 really get it. But the lowest ranking Lynch is still a pretty good. Like, yeah, no, it is. Oh, I mean, absolutely fair. I don't think, like, I mean, I've heard Dune. the stinks of Dune, like, <laughs> oh, from here. Listeners can hear Phil rolling his eyes. Um, but every, does it, like, most people say Dune's crap. Like, and that's not, like, I mean, I watched the Jodorowsky's Dune a little while ago, the documentary, and everything about his version of it sounded amazing, but it would do, because he's explained it and yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, and But then he showed Lynch clips, though, them. and it looks shocked. Have you never looks, seen I've never seen it. I've never read the book. I know practically nothing about Dune, uh, and I will not be seeing Denis Villeneuve's version of it either. I won't all lie. After of it. all this, after this, this I will... completely off the rails. Sorry. I won't sorry. lie, but after this, I probably will watch Dune. I and I would loser. normally That's agree fair. with you about Villeneuve. I would have no interest in seeing that, but... You know how I feel about Blade Runner 2049. So, Blade yeah. Runner 2049, yeah. Which is exactly why I'm not seeing it. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Oh, and uh, just uh, on the uh, on our Mixer feed, uh, Sherlyn Fenn is in Two Moon Junction. Oh, and she's in Wild yeah. at Heart. Yeah. I still can't remember. And of Mice and Men with I Gary think Sinise. I saw Two Moon Junction. I've seen of Mice and Men. It's actually a really good it's version. Not, it's a Sinise really good adaptation. Yeah. Of it is, yeah. I like book. it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the two. I, I like uh, I like Malkovich in that. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten she played uh, she played uh, the wife. Candy's wife. But I mean, there you like, go. This way, you have listeners as well to correct idiots yeah, like us. Yes, yeah. uh, thank you, Cooper. No, Cooper. We, we really actually do. Thank you're, you. And that's on, Andy Hayes. You're, you're double Cooper. Does that make you yeah. Mr. C? <gasps> but oh uh, God, he's on to us. Cooper flew the coop. That's <laughs> great. I love is that, that, that ever in the Moonrise Kingdom? So holy, much. Holy cow! He flew the coop. Um, <laughs> it, was cold, it was cold, wasn't it? He said. It was, uh, Hello. Yeah. I, I guess my impression yeah, no, of yeah. like when he breaks out of cool. prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when the warden yeah. calls him up and it's like, Cooper's blown the coop. <laughs> but like, 
<laughs> it's so great. I actually do, and like again, this is to this is to come back to something that like Donald said is like the idea of Lynch in the twenty first century with Mulholland Drive existing at a point and again we had that wonderful discussion about the guy on Twitter who had solved Mulholland I, Drive. We, I heard we this had that earlier, a few years ago and with Donald he sent Rooney. me that too. Yeah. I remember this. I remember from oh, back when it happened out when I yeah, got that. It was that. hysterical. That was, I was kind of, it was actually kind of Well, Holland is about redheads. You yeah, just don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, and The yeah. Shining is about uh, the red skin. But he's pivoted to Tommy, Ro- Tommy Robinson there. Commentary now to saying, "Guy, Donald Clark tweeted." Oh dear. Uh, yeah. Well, never that, a good pivot. That's, in my that's uh, a way to you undermine go. your argument. <laughs> oh, and uh, Cooper Cooper uh, confirms that no, he is not. He is not Mr. C. This is freaking me out. Uh, but anyway, look, look. If he were Mr. C, he just uh, pressed uh, a couple of Muldrick, buttons on his phone. Muldrick, isn't it? I can't oh, do it as well as Donald. Yeah, I can't, can't quite match uh, Donald's sort of no, intensity there. <laughs> but, like, this is the thing about Lynch, which is great, because he's at a time when we're all clamoring for meaning. Speak for yourself. I'm not clamoring for meaning, but go on, that's, Darren. That's co- <laughs> I know. It's we live in a cult. I kid, Darren. Go ahead. This is going to be a very short <laughs> podcast if we continue <laughs> down this line. Oh, um, I, w- I wish you good luck. Basically, with nobody is searching for meaning, is what <laughs> no, you're no, saying. No, no, no. The problem is when you're trying to make this more difficult for you, Darren, what did you expect? Expected to invite me on here after eleven. What do you think was going to happen? Jake a couple of pint men. Even when you don't, I usually have my Horlicks by now when I'm asleep. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, oh. I mean, but Can I mean, the Horlicks. Sorry, I don't know. I, know, I, I, I don't know, but I just keep thinking of Victoria Wood sketches. All this in the voice, in a voice loud enough to roll the flat of a Horlicks two tails away. <laughs> but uh, what the hell am I on? But I, like, I, I, think, I think about. Chess and was it Sam Stanley? Oh when yes, they're from... awake all night, kind of, um... <laughs> coming out of the uh, coming out yeah. of the little thing. It's, and it, it, it's it, late. No, it's early. It's only half eleven at night. I know. On a we, Saturday night, we sh- we sure need a good waking up, don't we? But it, but yeah, it, like actually, it feels like we've been doing this longer than we have. You have been at have, you've been at this since mid afternoon. I mean, it's a fair old stretch. That's, I mean, this is Monday. <laughs> You can go off work. You can go home now. <laughs> but no, um, no, it's not Monday. Huh? All, all joking <laughs> aside, though, like there is something like at a time where everybody's looking for explainers, and you have, and this is interesting. Yeah, I agree. Like, I and agree. again, you have like Doctor Amp, who's this sort of weird, positive Alex Jones figure as well. Yes, that's the Alex Jones you also aim to be, well, isn't he? Well, I mean, like there's a wonderful discussion, and I'll see if I can find uh, what's it called. Um, I can find the clip, but there's. Lynch on Alex Jones talking about Lost Highway, which is a fascinating sort what? of cultural marker. Good God. Is oh, this no. Alex Jones before he went full... Uh... Well, I mean, he was always pretty crazy. Yeah, but I think he amped it up, if you uh, pardon the pun. But uh, there's... Like, I mean... Like, sorry. To be, to be fair, there's, like, there's... Twin Peaks has always been sort of engaged with this sort of like conspiracy subculture. Yeah, There's yeah. like even the like conspiracy the... in Twin Peaks. Oh, surely not. But I mean, like if you take, for example, the opening scenes of the infamous box room in New York, the sort of the building yes. which has the box in it. That which, which I'm still worst of Netflix every time and chill I... session ever. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't mind, but that's a really attractive couple. I thought I was, I was, I was going to come me... here and you're going to eat the face off me. I, I, Not like this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I was actually really enjoying that scene, and then the box erupted, and like, holy crap! Well, that's a boner shrinker. Like, like, okay, let me get the. Lo- <laughs> actually, you just went there, so I don't have. To yeah, do I did. <laughs> I'm oh, you better best believe you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank Sorry, you. Welcome on, to the get it back on the rails here. Come on, there. But yeah, like I mean, those sequences are very much for me, at least. They evoke the the infamous sort of. Uh, 33 Thomas Street in New York City which is this sort of gigantic skyscraper with no windows which became like a sort of a meme around was it 2017 sorry 2000 and uh, yes it's 2017 actually corresponding with the release of the show where Tom Hanks tweeted about how strange this building was and apparently this is like, well if Tom Hanks says it, well, I mean, it must be if even Tom Hanks is creeped out by your building your building must be pretty but creepy Tom Hanks is so gloves outside this oh, really on, creepy so looking <laughs> building <laughs> look I'm sorry Tom Hanks is so wholesome I we don't think it'd take a lot to creep him. Like, a, 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 I feel like a painting hanging crooked on a wall would creep Tom Hanks out. But I mean, how like, did I miss this? I, I don't know yeah, anything about this. Um, I, 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 I'm we'll never engaged in this. Why the hell am I talking about Tom Hanks? We'll include links in our show notes and we'll actually sort of tweet them out a bit if I can get to the keyboard, if I can trust you guys what, to stay on topic. To I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't yeah, trust us. I, I wouldn't trust us to stay, uh, uh, stay on. But like, I mean, but a, again, there is this sense of like, Again, trying to make sense of the world. Like, Dr. Amp for the community is this voice of, like, trying to impose reason to shovel your way out of it. Hello! 
so to speak. But like trying to get a sense of like to make the world make sense in a way. Yeah. He's screaming into the darkness, but he's like he's managing to reach Nadine who's sitting there drinking shakes, you know, sort of listening to them and having this profound effect on her because that's yeah. what leads her to like to go to Big Ed and to sort of let him go. But there's this sense of like people I think today, and in particular, where you have a culture that's dedicated to trying to make the world make sense. And again, maybe it's always been that way. Maybe it's inherently the human condition. But think of things like explainer articles, for example. But think of things like the, the abundance of conspiracy theory, which has always been a facet of public life. But now you're reaching things like you have, remember fake, uh, fake Mel- Melania? for example, and things like that. The That's whole... true, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, we just, all need that one, just surely. To be, just to be clear. Just well, we want uh, to. Like, I, I can understand it, though, because like the um, conspiracy theorists used to believe that the government is listening to everything that you're, the, um, that you're ever I doing. Know, yeah. Turned, Turned out it was just Google. Yeah. It was all true. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it probably it's even uh, probably is true to more of an extent than 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 people realize with the whole. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Edward Snowden kind of. I mean, like uh, there there are people like again online who I talk to and who point out that like if this stuff is in the public sphere, it's already five years out of date, which means whatever they're doing yes. now, whatever you're hearing about is you know five years behind what but they're actually. But always, capable. that's always the case, yeah. even on the culture, even conversations around shows and all it. It gets old as quickly as it arrives. Like, you know, information arrives about such people are talking James, about something. Jamie, you may need to move. get close to the mic. Closer. Wow. Okay. I'll shout yeah. louder. Um, but people. Kiss it. Pe- Kiss no. It. But people do talk about stuff. And the, the news cycle, we talked about this, the churn of uh, internet articles and how yeah. quickly things turn around. Like, things, people demand answers and then forget it and move on to the next thing to demand answers about. I but know. I mean, like that whole Liam Neeson thing petered out before we got a chance to lynch him. Oh, oh Lynch, yeah, well very good, played. very good. But um, no, now, but I'm mean, a man I'd like to see in a Lynch production. Yeah, but I mean, moving on. But I mean, like seriously though, in terms of the the world that we live in today, like there's a sense that everything is moving faster. We're all more interconnected. Like again, the the internet has sort of brought us all closer together and made information more readily accessible. And the irony of that is that, like, despite the fact that we have everything at our fingertips now, we have in theory a little Including box in, into which we can type questions and get answers. Despite that. Like, the world doesn't make any more sense. In fact, it makes less sense. It makes less sense because we have little boxes in our pockets that can tell us anything we want to know. And we use it to look up cat videos and memes. Yeah. And I mean, I I wonder, like, is there a sense of Twin Peaks, The Return, and maybe just Lynch's work in general that resonates with that? Because you have, like, a moment where everybody is trying to explain everything. Like, I mean, this weekend had the release of Us. I know Jay is not a big fan of it. Nope. But, like, Us, I've already seen three or four articles which are explain the ending of us to us tell us what us is about Why what is us really just saying piss off and make your own re- explanations what is wrong with people that they need to have their hands held so i don't like i don't mind that i think that there's a there's some Sorry, value I'm, in discussion I, I but i don't like think I'm there's a really angry contrarian this evening <laughs> which i know is pissing jay off because that's usually his job hello sir at it again phil i've took i've took the day off but i'm but i mean I, I I understand the idea and I love discussion. I think discussion is great and I love the idea again. What I love about yeah, Twin Peaks in, is there's no right answer. Interpretation is generative. Yeah. As That's well. exactly. So uh, like it, like making a people get like uh, like present company included oh, uh, get, get <laughs> uh, quite kind of exercised about about the way um, I guess it in internet kind of um, commentary can work or does work it's how Um, it does work and you're right I do get quite angry at that but it it, I I mean it's it's like um, people are upset with the kind of um, uh, what's it called like uh, 20 things wrong with um, all that uh, Twin Peaks Peaks Return and I don't like that well, I don't like lots of things. Yeah, I mean, and the internet does not <laughs> exist just for you, Andrew. Yeah, it's, it's like that when, is true. When, I mean, when, when people are turn on Netflix and it's like, oh, what is all this Adam Sandler crap? And it's like... It's, you realise you don't actually have to watch that. Yeah, you uh, don't yeah. have There's to, literally yeah. thousands of things but, for you to choose from. But it, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's more along the lines of, and again, I, I'm just speaking from my personal experience here, but I will, for example, so let's say I have an opinion on a work of art and I'm very candid that it's just my opinion. I will get people yelling at me that it is wrong or that it is invalid or that I have uh, an agenda or that I'm pushing something. And it it's... Really? You should offer to sell them your book when they do that. So you really have the agenda. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this work, I will explain yeah. exactly what I but, mean. But I mean, like that, that's, but, like, but, a weird... that's a kind of like a. It, 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 I'm sure it gets not. It, it gets nasty quite quickly. But oh, for, it does it's, for it's, Darren it's, certainly. It's, yeah. Oh yeah. So, but fandom is a terrifying place anyway. When you particularly on subjects that the internet. Uh, 
and that these these things are 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 games i suppose it's not necessarily that like like having the um discussing politics sometimes oh, I, 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 I think i think like the like it's often the people kind of um uh making these arguments or it, it's it's often kind of like uh, just depending on what kind of a, 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 a tribe you're coming from. It's okay, Phil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. But yeah, just to um, to sort of talk about this, like, do we think that, like, is that a virtue of Twin Peaks, that it's open to all of these interpretations? I think so. That, I, like, I think it contains think. multitudes. I was saying that before we kind of kicked off that the, the discourse around it and articles written around it forced certain writers up their game, I think, particularly to get into it. Yeah. And I like that. The, the articles I've read, and I've read a few on it, a couple today, but most when it came out week by week and stuff like that, people were writing stuff. That Matt's other side being an obvious one, but um, the articles were great. And there was a like because mm. Lynch leaves you a lot to dig into and leaves it open to interpretation. You can see whatever you want to see in it. It just it adds a certain amount of quality to the writing, I think. And um, it makes it in a strange way, it, like the content and the form make it a lot more. It's more difficult to access, especially compared to the original Twin Peaks, which is a lot more conventional in its structure. Yes. But um, the op- the uh, how open the material is to interpretation does broaden its accessibility more. So it's a it's kind yeah. of a trade off that way. Um, and I, I yeah, think I it's a w- very welcome thing. And I think it is. And I think what you see there around the conversation about it, even even the people that you know when you get to the end of seasons there wasn't there wasn't as much or maybe i've just missed them of you know the 10 moments that do x or the like it oh, it's, it's, it, t- it tends to resist that kind yeah, of uh, thing which i really like it, it's not going to fit into any one box and i'm internally grateful for that i kind of admire that there's something in the mainstream like again and this is the thing where we talk about how much we hate those listicles and we talk about like and this is interesting cuz i kind of enjoyed them, but like, I, I don't hate them i don't i just I did when they get increasingly not in my thing. Thing. the, the thing, problem like, is as they as the increase in volume they increase in inanity this yeah I think that's a problem but I think there are volume's gone down again okay fixing it uh, but anyway what we're saying uh, yeah Jay yeah I, I think there is an inanity to certain listicles and the way they are done and done intentionally to provoke people rather they than work, honestly like, um, in terms of getting people to to click together. and to read yeah and it, it, it gets a bit exhausting and it, but I, I do like a well thought out list oh, of something and well written and well argued and stuff like that it's, it can be done well and it has been done well hmm. just a lot of time it's not done for the right reasons no uh, but again like you said uh, the return resists that purely by being so Different from well, other a, from things a, that a bit from of a other things work, that like are based yeah. on. It does not there's not much you can really pull from it. Like you can have your top ten you know, Twin Peaks characters, I guess, if you want to get down there. But there's not much beyond. Uh, that really Cooper do. is one to ten. End of story. <laughs> well, I mean, there's what? there's there's a no really Audrey. there's a really Gordon no. Cole. No Gordon Cole. <laughs> Special mention. Like yeah. I, I I I I quite like uh, Sam. I think um, I think Hawk. Hawk's is great. Fantastic. Like. So capable. Yes. Yeah, there, there's something kind of really... Um, but in terms of that, like people like Noel Murray and, say, Todd Vanderwolf have talked about how one of the great things about Twin Peaks, and you're right, that it, it did force people to think about how they talk about television. Yeah. In that, and again, this is one of the things where television criticism... And there's always been great work done in television criticism. It's just never really been acknowledged. But it's never... It's never had the same pedigree to pick an example yeah. um, of film criticism, where they're like it, Pauline Kael and, and Roger Ebert and this it, sort of thing. Then again, before Twin Peaks, television had the, had the same cachet that film did as an artwork in and of itself. So I suppose it's ironic that this... And they're playing catch-up. Is, yeah. Yeah. So if this is bringing TV writers to, I suppose, well, not to up their game, but maybe giving them a prestige that they probably have deserved long before now because there has been such excellent TV analysis in more recent years thanks to Golden um, you may need to move the mic closer to you what's actually really interesting as well around that um, is that um, the TV recaps week by week were hysterical and Twin Peaks because I mean what do you write about I mean you know it's like it's not really moving the narrative forward I mean you know and you get your little stray observations at the end it's like what the happened there but this <laughs> is the <laughs> point isn't it it's, yeah it resists that to a certain earth, earth, it does yeah, I mean we're talking about Twin Peaks and to a certain extent why are we bothering with narrative 
Because yeah. it's the only thing we really know how well, that's, to that's discuss and thing. explain yeah. well, it's, it's also, in definitive way. It's also because like the, the recap culture of television emerged with the internet and yeah, the yeah. idea was when you were doing these things the goal was to get them out as quickly as possible and thinking of places yeah, like were, the, they, they were summaries. Right, they knocked out that night for the like yeah, you read and, them and first thing. Television yeah. Without pity. Yeah. The idea was to get the content out there as quickly as possible. And in fairness they were done quite well in the AV Club and stuff like that. The AV Club is probably the best example. Like you said Matt Zoller seats he's probably the best exemplar of that. His book on uh, Mad Men shows how well yeah. it can be done but there's some yeah. really good writers like uh, Maureen Ryan and Emily Newsbone Emily Newsbone yeah she did yeah, exactly that. Job. Uh, so. and there's some really good people that are writing on TV and about TV and Alan Sepinwall who does the book with Matt Sollersweiss as well yeah. who wrote the TV book and the Sopranos book, the book and stuff like that. Oh, yeah yes. TV the book's quite good I have that at home um, but so there, there is a lot of stuff and, and it's good writing And but Peaks will force you to kind of really think about what you're writing about it, yeah. this is, it's not as simple as saying X to Y to Z I mean this, there's a lot more going on and you have to if you're going to stick 800 words out on Twin Peaks 3 you better do your homework hey, because it's hundreds yeah. you know well, you scratch out. the surface you know, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's another problem like, it's exactly that it requires a lot yeah, I mean mm. well I mean Solar Seats has talked about how a lot of his writing about Twin Peaks The Return ends up being deeply personal and a lot of his, yes, his review writing to connect as to well. It. Yeah, because that's that's the way that he yeah. you understand it. Again, and it's very good for that because yeah. I, I think it works really well for his writing and for the show. Yeah. I think it works because it, it is about kind of where do you engage with something? Where 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 does that point where you can say this means something to me because yeah. Oh Vienna. Yeah. Boom. Sorry, <laughs> couldn't resist. But it but it's absolutely true. I think it's a good way of approaching it because Lynch's work can be difficult to approach in that regard. Like, yeah. and it's not only Twin Peaks that has that. I mean, people have written about Mulholland Drive or Blue Velvet or oh, yeah. things like Wild at Heart, which is bonkers. Like, but there's the stuff that you know, it, Wild at Heart is bonkers, but compared to Twin Peaks, oh, it's, it's narratively straightforward. straightforward yeah, I mean, but it's, it's but it's there's a, a lot of weird stuff. Oh, like, like visually, it's yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. I love it for that. And and I mean, there, there's a sense of like having to throw that out, and that's a good thing, which is kind of one of the interesting side effects of the idea of Twin Peaks is that yeah you have to uh, you have to throw out the rule book you have to and again it forces you to think about what you're writing and why you're writing it and like not to reduce as you point out we talk about narrative narrative is how we define television yeah whereas a storytelling medium nominally but yeah and and episodic as well and structured Mm. and building and the way that we think of structure and payoff particularly in television as opposed to like film where your writing can be a bit more experimental generally speaking because you're viewing the whole thing as an object and stuff like that this then you might come with the return you might be coming back then to the arguments for it as film Jay don't start Uh, it's (laughs) in that how you choose to interpret it then might influence even how you choose to write it yeah or, or write about it I think like, writing about it, kind of having to throw that rule book out, make makes sense because Lynch kind of throws out the rule book, and I don't mean that in the sense of him like trying to make something very different and challenging. I believe that David Lynch just sees wants the way to, it yeah. yeah, tell tell stories, and it doesn't it doesn't see the like. There's something very kind of uh, grounded about uh, about 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 so much of that kind of oddness. Mm. And like kind of from 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 um kind of any um uh, any time i've 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 heard kind of uh, Darren talk to me about kind of interviews and that sort of thing is 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 that he he's not he's not a a a strange person but he i think he's i mean, I mean in, like in some ways but he's he's able to articulate i think better than most the 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 this strange quality well, that the world has well Lynch has described like Lynch has described film as an act of articulation for him he describes his early artistic career as a pre-verbal phase and the idea is that he says things or he articulates things inside himself through the medium of art through film through all the stuff that he does his artwork his photography and stuff like that that he can't actually say or he can't find words to express sufficiently and so there's something ironic in the idea of film criticism and again I'm a film critic obviously I love film criticism I think it has great value apparently I'm one too yeah According to the AV Club, according to the AV Club, they've listened to this and and decided that Andrew is a film critic. Wonderful. I'm sorry, say that again. (laughs) What? Did I miss this? But yeah, but no, the, the, the AV Club, Club described us as 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 film critics. Yeah. Now Darren is a film critic. Yeah, this happened uh, yesterday. A uh, very good shout out, which Holy I'm sure crap. they're regretting at the moment. Well, if they're <laughs> listening live, who wrote the article? Do we know? Uh, we don't know. It was it was one of well, the whoever you are. Bless you. Um, yeah. Also, Colin McLaughlin retweeted it as well, which months. is very nice as well. Yeah. So this is our 15 minutes of internet fame. But like back to so, H. Cooper. Yeah. Oh, Colin McLaughlin. Yeah. They said, "Who's yeah. Colin McLaughlin?" Ah, Colin, one of his brother. Colin, yes. <laughs> Colin, oh, Coop. 
Hello. He literally flew the coop. I, mean, uh, I feel like compo- this the great is thing about this 15 minutes of fame is that it's 15 minutes of fame in a podcast. So po- podcasts are f- famously a, a a platform for. Um, I, I I'm I'm counting myself as a, a, a mediocre white man. Oh, <laughs> here we go. But to 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 to, to have the confidence. See um, <laughs> you. <laughs> to, yeah. Great. Here next I am. Year, next year, you monetize this now. Is the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. So me and the, the three next Mark Marons. What, <laughs> what I mean by this is nobody is expecting it to be good. So it just has to be but as long as people are listening and enjoying it, I just do it for two or three hours. Today. It was fantastic. I expect it to be at Thank least you. enjoyable. And if I'm smiling, I'm hoping someone else listening in Radio Land is too. But I mean, I sound drunk. This is weird. All <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had is those four shots of tequila, Philip. Shush. But there, there is something in that, in the irony of like Lynch being unable to articulate something himself in writing and then having to process, like having to process as a critic or trying to write down something that Lynch himself has like not managed to, like yeah. he can't find words. So like the whole point of Twin Peaks is that to Lynch, this is inexpressible through language. So he has to do it through the visual medium of yeah. television. And the idea of we're, finding... We're so used to seeing television that doesn't really do that. Yeah. That, that, it's that, tr- that, yeah. that, that, like the 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 kind of playbook is 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 already out there on television, and that audiences yeah. have these expectations. This is true, uh, and so so much of television as well is is meeting an expectation that television kind of executives feel that um, television audiences expect and therefore want. It's yeah. funny so because, like, sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting. I no, realize, no, but no. It, it, it's, it, it's just that you, you're talking about how television has a playbook and yet we're talking about a show that originally, allegedly, tore up the playbook and yet now... And created the playbook. And created, and created the playbook, it, yeah. yeah. Well, That's the process certainly. of creation destruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, but now, like, we're talking about, is this... Is this the creation, the destruction of another playbook and the creation of another new one? I find that unlikely. We should somehow. be so lucky. We indeed. Um, I, mean, I, like, I wouldn't have thought so, but I take the point. Yeah. But, well, this is, this is the thing. We're it's like, just that considering that we're, in, we're at this golden age television and all these shows have come and gone that have been allegedly influenced by it or certainly wouldn't exist without Twin Peaks. And yet they all seem to adhere to a certain amount of uh, rules, I guess. Yeah. So what? Are we saying that it almost feels like that the return came about almost out of necessity in a way. That I, I, I yeah. agree. I think the impact of the return may not be felt for a couple of years. We, I think we're too close to it to really... Um, there needs to be an 18-hour-long podcast. I think so, to really establish it. This is the turning point. We are the ones. But I think it might be three, four, five years down the line and we'll see what any kind of noticeable effect it has well, I on want, television. I, I don't know if it has. I mean... It's hard to know, especially nowadays. But I mean, again, with the golden age and the accessibility through Netflix and whatever else, there's so much television out there that I think no, measuring re- the impact is going to be... But it did. Ha- it had an impact, though. I mean, it definitely did. I mean, it raised the bar for a lot of... Well, I'll put it this way. Beside, pri- prior to Twin Peaks, and unless you were looking at something with a bit more self-conscious style to it, like, say, Miami Vice... You had what? You had a load of uh, laugh track uh, uh, sitcoms and Hugh Downs in twenty twenty. Yeah, it wasn't. It just. It didn't feel like. It, it mean, felt like it was wiping the slate clean because there was literally nothing else like. That's a bit of a revisionist think, history television. You have stuff like the Twilight Zone. The I know. Files. I, Lynch has a yeah. great affection as well for television. Yeah. Like yes. That, uh, yeah. That that he 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 takes these things from um, from soap operas. Not so much in, in in the Return. Although I think a lot of people have have argued that maybe some kind of um, edgier, more contemporary soap operas are are are, are now being kind of aped in in. Uh, Twin Peaks to return but even th- 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 there's so much life I- in prison Bill <laughs> but there, there, <laughs> life in prison <laughs> love that scene but there's so much uh, there's so much stuff as well that, 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 that is familiar like in episode 8 that we talked about earlier yeah. it's, it, it, that's um, that's kind of tried and tested television in a lot of ways in, in, the, in the kind of um these uh, spooky kind of characters, kind of coming out of nowhere, like a zombie movie. It reminded me because they were they were all um, uh, homeless. It reminded me of that. Um, I think it's uh, Monty Python. Do 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 that horror about the working classes? Where do, where oh no, that's that's Simon Pegg's group. We've done, we've. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah. Alfred that's, Hitchcock's um, The Working Class. Yes, Alfred Hitchcock's The Working <laughs> Class. Is that Big Train? 
I believe it might be Big Train. I'm going to see if I can find it on YouTube if you can buy me a couple of seconds here. This is just like all the 250 episodes. Joyful tangents. <laughs> well, it is a de- well, I mean, I we have it. a, a lot it. of time to fill. But, I mean, um, like, that's it. Yeah, don't say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, I mean, like, there, there is something in that. It also reminded me sort of a little bit of the uh, the hobos in John Wick. The little right. hobo <laughs> army as well. Um, but, yeah, there, there is something, like... When you mentioned the impact of, of Twin Peaks The Return, this is kind of something I was maybe thinking about talking about later, but since you guys are here now, cool. this we is are. something I want to lay. Right, so the original Twin Peaks, massive cultural impact. Right. Yes. Millions and millions of people pumped directly into their homes. Network television. Network television, ABC, one of like the biggest sort of, like one of the three broadcasters, huge cultural event, that sort of thing. Worldwide one. Worldwide, oh, yeah. yeah. Twin Peaks The Return, and this is sort of interesting, right? Twin Peaks The Return debuted on Showtime, which is a cable network. Yes. It had half a million viewers in its first episode, and that slowly dropped until it hit about a quarter of a million viewers in its final. Now, number of caveats. First of all, the number of downloads uh, hit about three million, which is very respectable for a TV show in the modern age. Uh, And second of all, it's aged like people are sort of rewatching it and coming back to it as well. So it has a very lasting footprint. But this is the question. Is it possible for a film like TV? Is it possible for a TV show? to have that sort of impact in the modern moment where the f- landscape is so fragmented. There's a solid argument you made that, like, break Game em, of Thrones... Break them bad, Well, maybe. Game of Thrones will be the last yes. sort of proper, like, water cooler show. It'll be the last show that you can mention in work and assume that people have seen because everything is so scattered. Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, uh, I think Netflix Amazon Prime. Those. I think things like Stranger Things exist in that sphere the yeah. hilarious thing about Game of Thrones though is that you have these conversations about Game of Thrones and it's like oh um, uh, are you watching it and it's like oh I'm breaking the law <laughs> like <laughs> it's not like a whole lot of people have went out and got kind of HBO or, or uh, Sky Atlantic Sky over here Atlantic, in the UK yeah. I mean I've never <laughs> so, <laughs> I would never paid for an episode but I take the point like uh, yeah it's like but it's like, you know, 50-year-old men. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> what's that? How'd you watch it? I don't know. Kids download the me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely no, true. It I mean, yeah. But I mean, like... However we access it, we'll, you know, people will access it. I mean, it HBO ain't going bankrupt. Like, let's not be oh, no. uh, absurd about it. They and do sell, and it does sell. And, and its piracy is probably a large part of that, to be fair. You don't buy it, but the people you're talking to may buy a box set or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but this is the thing. Like, is it possible for a TV show to have that level of impact? I now? think it is. Like, is this going to be... Is this going to be like the velvet underground of television shows where it's like, sure, only, you know. Only you can only measure the impact it. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And it's like. I think that's true. I think that's what it's going to be. Only a quarter of a million people watch the finale, but every one of them went on to make a TV show. I'm sorry. I just um, now, since you mentioned this velvet underground, I, can just, um, I have a mental image of David Lynch's Lou Reed. Like, Satellite's gone. Way up to <laughs> Mars. <laughs> Thank but you. I think uh, I think it is possible for a show to have that kind of impact. I think when Breaking Bad went to Netflix after it kind of debuted on AMC and did reach name on Netflix, mm. that took off like a rocket. Yeah. In terms of that, that was, had the conversations I mean, that you were talking yeah. about, that, the workplace conversations. Yeah. That did you see Everybody, that did you watch? Yeah, exactly. That was, and that, that, that was, was a thing. huge thing. And I think Stranger Things, I see a lot of people talking about it in that regard. It's probably the only one that I can think of. You're yeah, actually right. Yeah, Kurt is, is, kind of, is kind of committing to this. He's right. Like, yeah. the issue, and the issue with him for this Netflix show is getting through it on the weekend so that yeah. it's not spoiled. That you're yeah, yeah, exactly. Color. And I think... It is possible, and I think we will see another Game of Thrones. It might well be the Game of Thrones prequel, <laughs> but you know, and you will see these kind of which things happen. Ironically, there's always a show, which appropriately enough is uh, starring Naomi Watts. Indeed, yeah, and the circle is complete. But Indeed, yeah. uh, I'd like to point out I'm the one who's not watched an, an, a single episode of either Game of Thrones or Stranger Things. Ah, okay, yeah. okay, and I couldn't care less. Game of Thrones, is great. don't do it. I won't. I, I mean, it, it, uh, I'm, I'm, it, it, it upsets me that I have to see Game of Thrones. No, because, you don't. Like it, it, you don't have to, but you no, should. No, no, no. It, 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 what, what, what I'm saying is that I'm hooked. I ah. just, but, I, but not necessarily hooked in, in, in a way that I want to be hooked. I mean, like, I'm not a... <laughs> you're an addict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Muldrake. I am right about Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Muldrake hasn't seen GOT either. High five. Um, How pass the knife for one thing? more cake. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The knife. Oh, the knife. Oh, good Lord. It's a small sliver. I had to try every one of them so I'd know what they're like. Just to get the sampling out. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, you have have so you I had to try every one. Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah, Sorry. So <laughs> Ignore me. Never mind. Continue I think this, research. I think this might be sort of... Um, 
<laughs> People are wondering, are we eating any meals or is it just pie? It's there? just pie, I think, pie. for you too. We should have ordered food at some point, right? We should have. Yeah, yeah probably a bit late. Still, would you we still can at this yeah. hour? Yeah, sure. On a Saturday night, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. We'll figure it out. This, that's a very good idea, Melon Boy. Thank you very much for that. I like the concern. I have to say. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want Darren slipping into a like, sugar how is coma. That quite, yeah. Darren hasn't moved. <laughs> Darren doesn't have legs. <laughs> I am true. the evolution of the Darren. Um, but yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's Mr. He's Mr. D. He's the <laughs> doppelganger. He says hands off. <laughs> which, which one is this one? Uh, that one is the Black Lodge. Um, which I like the Black Lodge. Camarino Bakery, <laughs> you are m- magicians. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm just going to take this opportunity to shout out to Camarino as well, because uh, there is some My delicious God. pies. I have some cherry-related problems that I'm going to um, go <laughs> take, take care of. Oh, no. I'm, I'm not <laughs> touching that Thank one. Thank you very much. Woo! <laughs> All right. Good pie. Very, very good you, pie. You, you took a cherry. And <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. For Perfect. We'll see you in a second, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> um, subtle. Right. Subtle. So um, I, I guess this might be a time to pivot on to sort of the second topic here. Uh, yeah, well, we are coming up on midnight. We are so coming up on midnight. Pivot actually. away, darling. So we've been doing this for 10 hours at this Good point, Jesus. which is more than the halfway point. So it's all, well done. It's well all done. downhill from here, which is pretty great. Three, like even three months ago, did you think this would happen? No. It's just like... This, I, is, this is like a reverse American Animals. So American Animals is a film about a bunch of rich kids who decide to steal a book and nothing happens that stops them from doing that. And basically no obstacles appear to prevent them from doing something horribly, horribly foolish. This is like the reverse of that. It's for charity, which is great. But it's like nothing, nobody put up an obstacle to stop us from doing this very, Good. very stupid thing. And also another shout out and more, a much more vital shout out uh, to the Irish Council Society. Who yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are, yes, delighted, actually, we, we are delighted to uh, contribute all funds from this for... Yep. Uh, to them, I I don't know. Me no speak words good much anymore. Here to four, <laughs> here to four, with a four, with her, with a witch. I will mention though, this is much better than American Animals. Uh, I haven't seen American it's Animals. It's not good. Uh, I've heard mixed things. I know uh, Darren's a fan, aren't you, Darren? I am quite, I'm quite fond of it. I must Great. Admit. So then, one one of you doesn't like it, the other one does, and as usual, it's up to me to split the difference. God, you two do not make this easy. No wonder uh, we're not on the same podcast anymore. But yeah, so far we've raised uh, one thousand and seventy-one euro, which is great. Um, and if you do want to donate, you can donate via just giving, uh, but you can also just donate directly to the Irish Cancer Society as well. Yeah. It's a good cause and it's very sort of worth doing, and it's something that we're very proud to be a part of, and that we've been very sort of. Being honest, I've been entirely like moved by this. I sort of I didn't expect it to get. Oh, hang on, uh, this is cool. Uh, one listener on uh, one listener listening in there, uh, Cooper Cooper. He's uh, listening all the way from Melbourne. Oh yeah, that's Andy. He'll be joining us later. He'll be joining us for the four a.m. slot to talk about uh, Lynch's version of Evil. Oh wow, how that um, relates to. Wow, no, well, nice. it's nice, nice that he's tuning in already, and you know, keeping us, keeping us on our toes. Uh, hello, 